Hey y'all, welcome to the first episode of the Gen Commandments podcast with Jen Wynn. If you don't know me personally, which I assume most of you do, but just in case, I'm an engineer currently working in Oregon. I went to college in Michigan, but I grew up in the Chicagoland area. Uh, being that most of my friends and family are in the Midwest, I wanted to start a podcast as some sort of excuse to keep in contact with the people that I love or kind of sort of just help not feel so isolated here. Um, if you are doing a great job of making friends as an adult, I'm very proud of you. Um, but that is not one of my strong suits up to this point. So I wanted to have an excuse to connect with people. And this is one of my ways of doing that. Um, sometimes it will just be me babbling into a mic, but other times I'll have some of my favorite people on to not interview them, but sort of talk to them about their life experiences. I have been really blessed with some amazing people in my life that have crazy, unique, and beautiful life experiences. And I would just love to be able to speak with them and honor their life experience, I guess. Um, As I'm familiarizing myself with audio editing software, I'll probably be posting a lot of solo pods right at the beginning, but I have some great guests lined up, so I can't wait for that to start. Um, now that a lot of that intro stuff is done, let's get into the topic for today. Um, I have been contemplating what the first topic would be for a long time, um, but I think there's no better start to something that is really personal or will be really personal as talking about one of my all-time favorite shows, uh, which is BoJack Horseman. Uh, BoJack Horseman changed my life. I don't know if it changed my life for the better or the worse, (laughs) but I think it's a little bit of both. And I think that any good media, that is the truth. Um, So, We'll see. Uh, If you're unfamiliar, uh, Bojack Horseman is a show Netflix created that's an animated sort of like comedy and drama. It's not drama in the way that like Gossip Girl is drama, but like it is drama in that shit be getting real. I don't (laughs) I don't know how else to really describe. Um, It starts off and it is funny throughout the whole show, but it starts off more funny than drama, but towards the end, it ends up being more drama than funny. And I think that all good shows sort of take on that arc. Um, So I'm excited to talk about it with you all. Um, It is supposedly loosely based on Bob Saget's life. And if you don't know who Bob Saget is, he's just the dad from Full House. And if you're unaware, he has done and said some pretty fucked up things. Um, If you're unfamiliar with that, I would check out. There's a lot of videos about it on YouTube. One of my favorites is the Deep Dive um, on it. That's the name of the YouTube channel. And the Deep Dive is about the Olsen twins. I think it's over an hour. I love long form YouTube videos. And the more that we are on this podcast, the more you'll know that about me. So, yeah, if you're unaware, check that out. Um, One of the more notorious things that he's done is um, while on the set of Full House, while he was rehearsing and okay, so child labor laws are like really intense, obviously, for, you know, kids, especially like very, very young kids like the Olsen twins were then. Um, So they were like breaking or going to school or something. And during that time they were rehearsing like the rest of the adult cast and they would have like dummy dolls for the like pretending to be the Olsen twins. And he like inappropriately touched them, touched, well, touched the dummy doll, but like he he didn't know that they were recording and so the Olsen twins saw it from their green room and they have talked about that plenty of times and how that was obviously very traumatic so if you'd like to hear more about that definitely go check out some YouTube videos about it um I love learning about all sorts of stuff uh if there is a rise and fall video about something on YouTube I will watch it like I love learning about how dark Hollywood is. And I think that's part of the reason why I love BoJack Horseman so much. Um, 
if you can guess, Bojack Horseman runs sort of the same course um, in his story. So he is the protagonist of the uh, show Bojack Horseman. Super shocking, I know. Um, he was in a famous sitcom in the 90s, and now he just sort of is riding the wave of fame, not really caring about anything or anyone other than himself and his addictions. Um, he's an awful person, and I feel like that really, I resonated with that. <laughs> and I know that sounds in like a very self-deprecating way. I don't, it's weird because sure it is self-deprecating, but I do think there is a level of shittiness that we all need to accept that humans are. Um, but we'll get into that. Um, I think what's most relatable to Bojack Horseman is he's someone who's awful. He knows it, but he simply does not have the discipline to change. And I think that really is what comes down to it for everyone in life. We all suck. We all, <laughs> we don't all suck, but <laughs> you're great. Um, I think, yeah. What I mean is that like, we all have things, we all have flaws, we all have parts of ourselves that we know should change. And many of us simply do not hold the discipline to change those things. And this show really uh, exacerbates that. Um, uh, It's, yeah, I don't know about you guys, but like the amount in which I can relate to like just understanding the things about yourself that you don't love and then still being like, but I don't have the resources and I don't, I don't know yet how to fix those things. That's why I started therapy. (laughs) Um, and I think, yeah, that's, and that's the best reason to start therapy. Um, the way the show makes you both hate the main character, but then also be like, damn, that's me is that's, that's astounding. And I'm not really sure. I'm going to say this more than once. I'm not sure another piece of media has, done that in the same way that Bojack Horseman has um and like if you're thinking to yourself right now like yo I want to watch a show that makes me hate myself like yeah I get that it's so true bestie but listen I think that's the reason why things mean something is that if you see yourself in a piece of media and you can hear my dog definitely scratching himself in the background huh (laughs) ignore that (laughs) um if you if you relate to something and not just in the ways that stroke your ego, I think that's when something means something to you. You're like, Oh, I feel understood. Um, I think naturally we want to project ourselves onto the main characters of everything. So like as humans, I think we're all a little bit narcissistic. Like even if you acknowledge, even if you acknowledge that you are not the main character in real life, I think watching media is a form of escapism. So even if you know that in real life you're not the main character, even though you should know, and you are the main character of your own story and you should treat yourself as such, you want to watch shows and project yourself onto the main character because that's what you want to be. Does that make sense? And that's that's how I think everyone sort of is. Um, and... I think that to a large extent, directors take advantage of that. So they know that when you watch a piece of media, you're going to project yourself onto the main character. And most of the time they use that to stroke your ego. <laughs> so they'll they'll give you like a very vanilla main character, right? Like a like a Carly Shay from iCarly. Like Homegirl did not have any personality traits other than generally being anxious, right? Like she <laughs> No offense, she's a great character, like whatever. Um, but she, you directors almost have to make it so that the main character doesn't have too many like super big personality traits because you they they know that you need to be able to project yourself as much as possible onto that character. And so I think it's really interesting the direction in which the directors or creators or whoever was in charge of like creating this used used that and almost weaponized it against like the audience. So they knew they were like, listen, <laughs> these fuckers are going to be like, I'm Bojack Horseman. I am like 
the main character and then they made him a fucking awful person and then you as an audience are like damn am i also uh, am i an awful person and you're like yeah maybe like probably actually (laughs) and not and nobody's a horrible person i think that there's a lot of dichotomy to that where um everyone is both awful and awesome and i think that we can talk about that in a whole separate podcast but the point of right now is just to talk about how directors know (laughs) directors know that you want to be main character and they use that and went fuck you and we were like for real (laughs) so true bestie (laughs) um i think that's genius i'm not sure that like i said i'm not sure another show has ever done that and done it well another the only other example that i can think of is maybe it's always sunny in philadelphia and like there the the two shows have a very similar vibe where like all of the main characters are piece of shit humans and like but that's the point the point is is that they suck and that so do you (laughs) like that's that's the whole tea um with that being said do i think that bojack horseman is a perfect show that that's a big question right i don't know if anything perfect exists right it's all up to like the audience the interpreter um and we'll get into that too um for me it's as close to perfect as i've ever seen another show um this show and that 70s show are like my two favorite shows and like that 70s show it's not because it's like a beautiful piece of art it's like it makes me laugh (laughs) it makes me giggle um in addition to bojack himself having a crazy journey on his own there are a plethora of supporting characters that have their own plots character arcs and developments i think that's another really unique thing that bojack horseman does that i have never seen another show like do super super well and listen you might be thinking to yourself that's because she ain't watched this show or this show i don't care about your fucking shows (laughs) like i do i care about your shows i you suggest them to me i may watch them but you you toss in you go and tell me to watch game of thrones i'm gonna sit there and be like no i watch talking horse show like (laughs) because listen listen I, I have watched Grey's Anatomy, but the idea right now at this stage in my life of watching a show that I know is going to traumatize me makes me want to throw up. <laughs> um, this show happened to catch me by surprise, so <laughs> I don't feel as bad about it, but watching shows right now with the intention of like, this shit's going to traumatize me and I want to watch it, like I'm not for that as it stands right now today. Um I think I'm in a phase right now where I really need easy to consume media. So if you come at me with your suggestions, maybe think Jersey Shore, perfect match, shit like that. Because I am not in a ready to be traumatized phase right now. Give me three to four years. Maybe I'll be back into it. Maybe six months. Who knows? But like Game of Thrones, whatever stupid like euphoria bullshit, I'm not watching it. Listen. I just sold myself out. I was like, I haven't watched Game of Thrones and I haven't watched Euphoria. Like 10 of you just clicked away. If there's 10 of you watching. <laughs> anyway, so that's the tea. I like fucking like come on the pod and talk to me about it because I can't right now. <laughs> and you can talk about it. I would love that. For me right now, we're going to talk about some talking horse. Okay. Um, so back to the secondary characters, (laughs) um, this show, Dante is currently chewing on my sleeve. I'll be right back. If you're unaware, um, I have two dogs. Um, I have a puppy. His name is Dante. Um, and I have an old girl. Her name is Ellie. (laughs) She, um, she has been with me since I was 18. Um, I got her the Black Friday of my freshman year of college and she stayed with my brother for a long time but when I moved out to Florida she came with me um she has lived with me in Florida Michigan 
Illinois, uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and now in Oregon. She um, She's a well-traveled dog, and I got Dante while I was in Wisconsin, and now he's in Oregon with me too. So they have been a really, really big source of help um, as I've been in a state of just transition for what feels like six years. And that's kind of how it's been. So I'm very grateful for them. They're the light of my life. Um, so if I ever talk about them or, um, have to cut and you hear cuts, it's probably because I'm doing something with them. So, (laughs) um, yeah, let's, uh, he's still chewing on me. So if I stop again, that's why, (laughs) um, I wanted to circle back for a second to um, talking about Bob Saget. I think that I didn't mention something that's really important to me. Um, and it's important for me that you all know sort of where I stand. I'm a huge comedy fan and I love stand up comedy. I love watching comedians content like I'm a big like Burt Kreischer and Tom Segura fan, even though I know that they're a little bit problematic. Um, they're, I don't know how problematic they are, but they do have some pretty raunchy like comedy bits and that sort of thing. So it's really hard for me to navigate sort of how I feel about, um, the Bob Saget stuff, but I do have to the common the common argument for comedians behavior most of the time is that it's comedy. It's a joke. It's supposed to make you laugh. Um, and I just want to put out there that like, I'm funny and I'm not pretending to touch dolls. So I like, I don't know, bestie. I feel like you can have it both ways. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, so I do. Yeah. The, the things that men do, for quote-unquote comedy that relies on making women uncomfortable is not okay and I will never I will never act like it is um there may be times that I will reference things from like Burt Kreischer and Tom Segura and you're like I don't know if they're really the people that I expected Jen to be fans of and like I get it um but that's that's something that I struggle a lot with because sure I get things are jokes um but like at what point is that funny and who is that funny for where where's that humor who is the target of that humor and I think that's an important question that you should ask like when you go to defend um some problematic folks (laughs) like who sure sure I could say anything's a joke but who's the who's the target audience for that you know um and why do they think it's funny um just some like food for thought also (laughs) it is okay to have an opinion differing from mine I do think um there are some things that are very It is very hard for me to absorb you having a different opinion on and all those things include respecting human beings as they are. So um, if you're listening to this, you're like, bitch, I don't know about that shit that you just said. First of all, when you have a reaction to other people's words, what drives that? Is Is it you disagreeing or is it you feeling less than because I have a different opinion. I, so, and I know that there are, there are, there's a difference between those two things. It's hard to describe. Um, but there's a difference between disagreeing with somebody and then seeing somebody's opinion that's different than yours. And then having like a visceral reaction, like you can acknowledge that your opinion is different than yours, but if you feel the need to like really, really defend yourself and like get really defensive. That's a you problem. That's a, that's not a me problem. You know what I mean? So take that with what you will. Um, I honor all perspectives. I honor, I'll listen to them. I, I'm somebody who loves hearing the different perspectives of different people. Um, 
as long as those perspectives are not hateful um, and as long as those perspectives are communicated to me in a respectful way, you know? Um, so yeah, if you had some sort of visceral reaction to any of the things that I just talked about, or I am talking about throughout this, even if it's like down to like me being like, bitch, we all kind of shitty. If you sitting here like, I'm not shitty, I'm maybe reflect a little bit. This podcast is specifically for you. <laughs> so, so lucky you, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, I guess we could get back to Bojack Horseman now. There are just things that like, as, as this progresses, this like relationship between you and I, um, I want you to know that your, your opinions and your perspectives are valid and the way that you communicate those perspectives and those opinions are just as important as the actual opinions. So take that, you know, take that information and do with it what you will. Um, I don't expect you to learn shit from a woman who just be talking at you, but yeah. So let's get back into Bojack Horseman. This is all relevant to Bojack Horseman, I think. Um, <laughs> and if you've watched it already, you'll be like, word. And if you haven't watched it and you think about watching it, you'll see. So I guess we're all lucky, huh? <laughs> um, so Bojack Horseman is unique to me um, in the way that they present the side characters. So I think in most life, or most media, or most whatever, um, the side characters or the secondary characters are almost always just used as subplots towards the actual plot. So they don't usually have their own personality or their own lives outside of whatever is contributing to the main character. And <clears throat> part of the reason why Bojack Horseman is so agreeable. It is so relatable. It makes you feel something. It creates that visceral reaction I was just talking about is because it is more realistic in the way that it presents friendship, in the way that it presents conflict with people, in the way that it presents familial trauma, in the way that it represents all of that. And so... This show is so interesting because <clears throat> Mr. Peanut Butter has his own character arc, his own development. Diane has her own development. Princess Carolyn has her own uh, development. They all have... Todd. Todd is the most beautiful, innocent character I've ever seen. And he's the, he's the glue that holds all this together. And like... <sighs> you all, or you all, you learn to celebrate and hurt for all of these characters as if they're your friends, as if they're your, because it portrays friendship in a realistic way. And what I mean by that is that none of the characters ever know every single detail about each other's lives. And I think in shows like Friends or That 70s Show or whatever, they show this like semi-big cast, right? They're like anywhere between four to like eight people. And they, they show them that they only hang out with each other. They only hang out all together. And they know every detail about each other's lives. And it's like, that's not, <laughs> that's not real life. Like I, I don't know about y'all, but I live long distance from every single one of my friends. My best friend ever, she and I had four months where we lived near each other and we have been long distance best friends since then. We don't know every detail of each other's lives. We will and we should. We should know every detail of our friends' lives is I think is it's a little crazy. Well, and I think it's it, this is a whole different topic of conversation, the easy accessibility of technology and thinking that you have a right to be accessible to somebody all the time is crazy in and of itself. Um, but just in general, so like, for example, <clears throat> Todd is a secondary character to Bojack Horseman. He's, you are introduced to Todd as a he's a 
person who just sleeps on BoJack Horseman's couch. He has no direction in life and he's an idiot. That's how you're presented, uh, Todd. And throughout the show, you realize how like a great friend, how much of a like beautiful, wonderful friend Todd is to BoJack and Todd realizes it too. And he realizes that Bojack does not reciprocate that. And at some point he's like, you know what, Bojack, I'm done with this. And they stop being friends. And like, but the T is, is that like at the end of the day, your friends, whether you love them or, well, I mean, you love all your friends, hopefully. Right. But regardless if you're on great terms with your friends or not, they show up. Right. So when shit hit the fan with Bojack, like all his besties were there and that is friendship. It's not the people that like it can be. And if it is for you, I'm really, really happy for you. But it's not always the people that you spend every waking moment with. It's not always the people that like because of proximity, you're friends with the friends that like when shit's shit's hitting the fan and you look like the asshole, they show up that's your besties. And I think Bojack is unique in that it portrays that so well because Bojack doesn't deserve friends. And like, that is another point for me that I reflected and was like, sure, there are times where I, you can argue I don't quote unquote deserve friends, but the tea, the, that is, that's the human experience. And I, it's so funny to talk about the human experience, like, and talking about a show <laughs> that um, brings animals to life to show the human experience. Um, and I think that's part of its charm. I do have a section in here in my notes to talk about that. So we will get to that. But shout out this show, dude. Like, side character, the, the creators deciding that these side characters are going to have their own plot points. Like Diane, she has a really, really hard time figuring out her family trauma and how to navigate that. And she eventually just like flees and she, I'm spoiling things for you guys. If you haven't watched it, I'm sorry. She flees and she eventually gets, she, she goes on antidepressants and the show she has her own arc and she like the way that the show just does things and talks about really important things like going on antidepressants and she gained weight when she did it and it was never brought up by anyone in the cast it was not the cast as if it's like live action anyway (laughs) you know what I'm talking about to me it's real anyway (laughs) um Nobody ever brings it up. No one ever mentions anything about it. It is just a thing that happens and it's not seen as good or bad. It just is. And I think that 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 was one of the points in the show where I didn't realize it until afterwards. I've watched hundreds of BoJack Horseman analyses (laughs) on YouTube and that gets brought up in almost every one of them where... Bojack Horseman, the show, talks about really important things in such a eloquent and realistic way. Because if your friend gains weight and you discuss it, fuck you. Like, let's start there. (laughs) Um, But it is the reality, like, to, to properly take care of yourself, sometimes you have to, like make sacrifices and the way that it navigates real world problems and is like, yeah, this is a thing that people go through and we're just going to include it and we're not even going to talk about it. And it's just going to help people make, make people, people feel seen. And like, similarly, um, Todd is asexual. Um, and he, he, there is a plot for him where he discusses where he's like, I don't really know what I am, but I know that I'm not this. And I know that I'm not this. And I feel like there isn't a lot of representation for like the ACE community or anything like uh, the majority of the LGBTQ 
like QA community, but it's just asexual people in general. Um, and so that's just another plot of the show where it gets brought up and it doesn't just get brought up once in one episode and then it's forgotten about. It becomes a part of his personality and not, but not his only part of his personality. Cause that's another plot hole that I think a lot of shows do where they're like, yo, homeboy gay. That's his whole shit. He just, he gay. That's his personality. And it's like, what does that mean? What does it mean to have a gay personality? Like, that that's that looks different on everyone what is that what is that Des- description and <laughs> ugh, yeah it's just ugh, it's hard and I get it I get that's what I hate is when you can tell that shows do things because their marketing team is like yo you know what'd be a good idea gay character solved solved LGBTQ issues world peace everything solved like bitch make an effort like (laughs) like really like take somebody's opinion and make an effort you know so the side characters I love every single one and the first time watching it through there were characters I hated and then I realized I hated them because I Bojack hated them and I was projecting myself onto him and therefore I hated him I was hating him out of proxy and like I like, for example, I hated Mr. Peanut Butter the first time I watched the show. And the second time I watched him, I watched the show. I loved him. And it's because the first time I watched it, I was watching it from this very ego, ego driven point of view where I think I have to be the main character. <laughs> and then the second time I watched it, I watched it for what it was. And that's it's worth a watch twice. You know what I mean? (laughs) Watch it from those two perspectives and your like world will change. Um, Those side characters are a big part of my love for the show. Um, And I want to transition into something a little different. I've touched on it a little bit. um, And I want to talk about why the show works because it is a really heavy show. And I do think we talked about this a little bit, a little bit ago. Yeah, that was super smart of me to say. Super fun. Okay. Um, But the show is not rooted in reality. And that's why the show works as a portrayal of reality. And what I mean by that is the show is talking dogs and talking horses and talking cats and there are humans and there are animals interacting with one uh, one like each other as if um that's normal there's like bestiality <laughs> there's like you know what i mean so <clears throat> it's not rooted in reality it's re- rooted in this world where um animals and humans are alike in their thoughts and then they're like Every animal is just as advanced as we are. And I think that that's why the show works is if it was a live action show or even an animated show with just humans, I think those really heavy moments would be too depressing to watch and people wouldn't respond well to it Um, because the show is and can be kind of depressing. (laughs) Um, And the only reason why it's bearable is it's because it's like a fucking talking horse talking at you about it and is like yo I suck and it's like it's okay horsey you know what I mean like (laughs) um some of that I think is a lot as humans too because we have more empathy for animals because we see them as like innocent unknowing beings and the I think the creators of the show really capitalize on that because they'll have moments where the animals are doing animal shit. So like in there will be scenes where like Princess Carolyn is like she gets wet and like her back goes up, you know, because she's a cat. And so like she does the, the, the cat thing where like her back goes up or like she's like, you know, cats always land on their feet and like <laughs> they're doing animal shit like when Mr. Peanut Butter and Diane were married, they slept in a very, very large, like human sized dog bed. And there are just like parts of the show where 
you're like, oh, you guys are still animals. You just happen to be sentient. (laughs) And I think that that's that's charming. And that's the reason why people react well to this show. And the creators are genius. I don't like, I don't know if they did that shit on purpose or like if they're, I don't, it's so funny. Cause like we over, we analyze, we overanalyze, we, we underanalyze, we analyze media back and forth and back and forth. And this, this means this, and this means that. And like, it's so funny because like who knows how much of that was intentional you know I could sit here all day and be like the writers decided to do this because they knew this and like maybe they were just stoned and they were like yo you know it'd be a great fucking show if we had horse dog enemies like (laughs) who knows but to me it means all this and that's and that's what um I'm going to reference a YouTuber I really, really, really love. His name is CJ the X. And he has a video that talks about um, what makes art art, right? And he, I'm going to break it down. It's, he is a dream. So like, (laughs) he talks really fast. He's like constantly trying, like, he keeps your attention. He's like, but also he talks fast enough where like, you can kind of listen to it in the background while doing something else and you still pick up most of it. Cause at least for me, he talks fast enough where like, it's just enough for my subconscious brain to pick up all of it, but still focus on other things. Um, but anyway, so he talks in this video, he talks about what makes our art and he, the, the overarching like theme is that, it is the relationship between the art itself and the person who is consuming it. It is that that transaction of it means this because that's what it means to me. <laughs> and I know that that's not like that's not a great way to put it. I don't know how to put it better, but it is you you feel this way about this piece of art. And that's why it's important. It's not the art itself. Like, yes, the art itself is important, but it's how you feel about the art that that is the magic. Does that make sense? And that's that's how I feel about Bojack Horseman. (laughs) I'm very, very passionate about this stupid talking horse show. Um, It's masterfully done there is a whole episode where there's no dialogue he is promoting a movie and he has to go to like an atlantis type space and so he has to wear like a air suit the whole time and he has trouble talking but he finds this baby and he's just like anxiously trying to save this child because he he it's projection you know he's like I want to save this child nobody saved me as a child like I need to find this person I'm anxious about this I we got to get it we got to we got to find an owner and like at the end of the episode he realizes that he could have just pressed a button and talked the whole time and like what that means to you is up to your interpretation and what that means for me is probably much different and if the writers intended that, excellent. But if they didn't, that's fine too, because that's not that's not the part that matters. The part that matters is that you care about it and I care about it. So it's art. So the next time you're in an art gallery and you're like, I could do that. Just think about that. <laughs> um, so looking through my notes to see what else I wanna talk about. One of the things about the show um, that I haven't touched on yet that is very important for the storytelling part, this part is very much creator-produced. So the creators of BoJack Horseman do a really good job of only telling you information about somebody's past after the shitty thing that either they did or happened to them happened. And so... They will be like, Bojack's being a piece of garbage right now. And then they'll cut back 
to when he was a child and his both of his parents were passed out drunk and he like just like goes up on his mom's lap who's passed out from being wasted and just like cuddles with her because like she doesn't give him affection any other way and so the show does a good job of keeping the audience unaware of why people or characters are the way they are until kind of until like you would find out in real life if like so say like your friend does something shitty to you and you're like why did you think that was okay and you guys have like a real conversation of like well this is how I learned to handle things because of xyz and like you you feel the rage and the sadness and like whatever that of the initial situation actually happening and then you you have to sort of face the aftermath and this is really evident because in every season of bojack horseman the 12th episode is the really big event episode and but that's not the season close like that there's still one more episode after and so this really big awful traumatic or whatever big event always happens on the second to last episode because the creators want you to see how all the characters react to that really shitty event and they want you to know how it affected them and i think that that's a part of the story that you don't get very often like this is cheesy but like you know how in all romance like movies and stories and whatever you you at the end they get together and like that's it you don't have to see them go through fights and you don't have to see i think that's why part of like life is so romanticized to us is because we only get to see the good part and then and then the the story ends and it's over and Bojack Horseman doesn't do that. They said, here's this traumatic, here's this traumatic event and here's how it affected everyone. And so while you're feeling the pain of being, because you, you are watching this awful thing unfold and you're having this reaction to it, you also have to see all of the fake people who are being like, you know, whatever, being affected by it. Um, and I know it's all fiction and whatever, but like it means something. Um, and I think that that is crazy. That so like there's no cliffhangers. So cliffhangers usually for me are like a really big high. It's a high point of like tension, like whatever, right? Like that's the whole fucking point of a cliffhanger. Um, but Bojack always ends on really low lows <laughs> and that is almost worse and that is that is its own form of cliffhanger because you're like oh you see just how low and just how awful things can get and you're just left with that i i imagine if you're watching this as the seasons came out that would be just an awful way to end like a season where you have to wait a whole year or whatever to watch the new episodes where you're just like, oh, this crazy thing just happened. And now all these people are suffering. And that also is rooted in reality. I think that a lot of situations and a lot of things, as sad as that sounds, that that's how they end. There's no, like, happy-go-lucky closure most of the time. Things just end. And for a show to... Because, like we mentioned earlier, a lot of people watch media as a form of escapism because their own lives are rooted in reality. (laughs) Um, And so they have to deal with those things all the time. And to finally, to have a show that is also rooted in the same sort of emotional reality, I've never, like, because reality TV shows aren't even rooted in reality. It's all fake. It's all whatever. This is, this is real shit, at least to me. 
this is how I process information. If you watch BoJack Horseman, you're like, I don't, that's not how I process information. I'd be like, word, that's fair. This, this, this show is a perfect portrayal of how I process the world and how I in like consume the world. Like sometimes shitty things happen and like you just have to deal with those repercussions. Like the, I told somebody this a long time ago while I was stopping being friends with them. (laughs) Um, But I think that not all things get to be cleared from your conscience. And um, Bojack Horseman is an excellent, excellent example of that, where it shows time and time again, like you can do shitty things, but you can't run away from them. And like you can try, but you'll, you won't be successful. And so like word, go to therapy, (laughs) get some help. And like, if, if any show shows you that like everyone needs therapy and everyone needs help with getting out of their own head, it's this show. And, and if that's, that's probably the reason why I think it means so much to me is because it just is such a prime example of why help, mental health help is imperative to everyone. You could, you could have a great life and you still have shit that you should talk about with others. Um, and the way that it cuts back and forth, like I was intentionally supposed to be talking about um the way that the creators decided that you'll only get to see flashbacks of these people's lives and like you're lucky that you even get that because they could just be broken people like the people who are living in the bojack horseman reality they don't get to see those cutbacks that we get to see they just have to deal with the people as they are and just sort of infer why they are the way that they are you know Because it's interesting because most people don't want to talk about the things that traumatize them. And I wish that that was different. I wish that everyone could and would discuss the things that they've gone through. I think that that would help everyone feel a little bit more connected to each other. Um, So, yeah, like if you get anything from this, I implore you to like honor your life experiences enough to want to talk about them with people that you feel safe with. And, and once you're comfortable with talking about them with people you feel safe with, maybe like, that's a really great way, at least from my perspective of getting people to feel comfortable around you. Like you're like, yo, I get that. Here's, here's how my lived experiences have shaped me where I understand that or something. I, it's tricky, but yeah, I like, I wish that we didn't have to rely on cutscenes to understand one another because we don't get cutscenes in real life. You know what I mean? One of the last things I want to talk about from like a more literary analysis point of view uh, from Bro- Bojack Horseman, um, is that it touches a lot on social issues. I talked about that a little bit earlier, um, but not, like I said, not in the disingenuine way that I think a lot of shows do. Um, it starts, so like, okay, I want to talk about one of my all-time favorite episodes. Um <laughs> It's about gun control, and I know it's a very sensitive topic, um, but it's funny, and I I really love BoJack Horseman because it will talk about those things sort of in, like, a mocking way, um, but gets, gets their point across, right? Like, it's a little like South Park in that way. I don't know if you guys are familiar with South Park, but South Park talks a lot about current events. Um, that's almost kind of what they're known for, and... It slays. I don't know. It's it's really raunchy, but like South Park Beyond one. Um, so one of my favorite episodes of BoJack Horseman is it starts out with like a school shooting and the news channel is talking about it. And everyone in Hollywood 
or Holly Wu, um, <laughs> if you watch it, you'll understand, um, is scared that they'll have to like postpone release dates for violent movies. And they're always like with thoughts and prayers and thoughts and prayers because they don't want to seem like assholes, but they also want their check. You know what I mean? And Diane, who is one of the secondary characters, um, she gets a gun and she realizes she starts to feel a lot more security um, with a gun. And because living in America as a woman is dangerous. (laughs) So... She starts lobbying for women's guns, like women's gun rights. And immediately upon her lobbying, men in the United States start to outrage about women having guns to protect themselves. Um, And they talk about worrying to walk around women because they don't know what will happen and even feeling safe or unsafe in their own home. Can you imagine that? As I have like three fucking locks on my door right now. Um, (laughs) And in like within three days of like women starting to stand up for like their right to protect themselves, um, there is legislation passed uh, to ban guns in the United States. And the episode ends with Diane saying something along the lines of like, wow, I can't believe the United States hates women more than it hates guns. And like, that's my favorite episode. And I quote that fucking like every day, at least once a day in my head, I go, wow, I can't believe the United States hates women more than they hate guns. Like every day. I say that shit in my head every fucking day. Because like, imagine, imagine if women were the ones carrying guns and men were the ones at like at risk. (laughs) Bitch, that shit would be outlawed tomorrow. Like it would have been outlawed years ago. Um, I think that's, that's my favorite part of the show is that it's realistic about finding humor in some of the really dark realities of life. Um, and I think that that's a way that I cope with those dark realities. And I think it's a way a lot of people cope. And I think that's why the show got a lot of good, like, feedback. Um, now that I've talked, like, my way through BoJack Horseman and, like, the literary intricacies and, like, whatever... Um, I just want to talk about like what it means to me, which is cheesy. Um, but I'm a very like feeling person. Um, logic is kind of what my brain goes to, to, I like thinking my way out of situations, but at my core, like feeling is what is most important to me. Um, so I have a very, if you haven't noticed, (laughs) I have a very close, um, attachment to this show. And I think part of that is because I almost watched it exactly a year ago today for the first time. Um, it was a time where I was starting the transition between my last semester of college and into the adult, like corporate world, I guess. And I, it really helped with feeling more comfortable with being an adult and being good at it and worrying about whether or not I'm an imposter and all that, that those, those big fears that happen once you start to look into, fuck, I'm going to be a real adult and I'm going to like just work for the rest of my life. And I don't know if I'm smart enough to do the things that I went to school to do and like all that stuff. Um, I didn't watch it when it first came out and I knew that I would like it, but I think, I don't know why I didn't watch it, but I'm really glad that I didn't because I don't think any time before, like a year ago, I would have been ready to receive this show. And that goes back to, like, the art is how you interpret it, like, concept. Because I was not very healed at all up until maybe I started going to therapy, I think, late 2020. COVID really kicked my ass. (laughs) And um, I was very, very, very depressed. My best friend, she, like finally called me and was like, yo, I booked you some appointments. (laughs) So shout out her. Um, but I, 
I don't think I could have watched the show without having some sort of therapy under my belt because I wouldn't have gotten it for what it is if I didn't. And so I'm really glad that I received it then. Um, and I, this goes along with the concept we sort of talked about earlier is that art can only be interpreted as deeply as the person who's analyzing it. And I, I think that, um, sorry, the cut was there. Uh, but I think that me receiving it a year ago was me being able to see myself in all the characters and see myself as Bojack and not feel ashamed to see myself as Bojack. Because sure, it is shameful to understand that you are similar to this this character that is shameful to be like. Um, but the acknowledgement and the self-awareness to know, hey, sometimes you act like a dick. <laughs> and to to sort of sit there with that and be like, ugh, damn, you're right. But you're also the positive things of Bojack Horseman. You're also the positive things of Diane. Maybe the negative things too. The positive things of Princess Carolyn. The positive things of Todd. The negative... You can project yourself onto any of these characters. And I think that you can see yourself in all of them. I think really good shows you kind of can do that with. I think... New Girl is another one that you can do that. Me and my friend were talking about that last night, actually. Um, that all the characters are sort of... They have personality traits that can kind of be fit onto everyone. And I think that Bojack is similar to that as well. Um, not to spoil anything, I part of the reason why I have attachment to it is because eventually Bojack shapes up a little bit. And as an audience member, you almost start to root for him. And I think that that's magical, right? Because <sighs> Bojack a piece of shit, like straight up. Like, <laughs> I don't know how else to describe him to you guys, um, but he sucks. He's fucking awful. And if as an audience member, take this with you. If as an audience member, you can start to root for Bojack Horseman, you can also start to root for yourself because I promise you, you're not as bad as him. And I, I mean this with my whole heart. I'm talking like fast, which means I mean this. <laughs> um, you are not as shitty as BoJack Horseman. Uh, listen to me. Listen, you are not as shitty as BoJack Horseman. You are not as shitty as Todd. You are not as shitty as Diane. You are not as shitty as Princess Carolyn. You are not as shitty as any of the characters in BoJack Horseman. You might be. But as long as you're making an effort to be better, it doesn't matter. And sure, it could. You, that doesn't exclude you from repercussions from your actions. And you can take full responsibility and take responsibility for your actions. But as long as you're making an effort to be better, you are not as shitty as BoJack Horseman. And... I rooted for him and I root for you, you and you should root for yourself as well. Um, that's, that is the personal attachment is it's triumph. And while the show, I don't even want to talk about how the show ends. Um, you, you should watch it if you haven't already, because the ending of the show is somber but it is also triumphant and I think that is also a really good explanation to life um so that's my that's my personal attachment um I think that's it I think we made it through like the first episode of this podcast I um I'm really excited that you guys are here. I'm really like passionate again now. I got like re-revved up about how much I love the show. Um, <laughs> um, thank you for listening all the way through, if you did. Um, this isn't perfect. I know that it's not going to be. It's my first episode. Um, 
but I am so grateful to do this and like thank you for being here um that's the amount of love that I constantly receive from the many people I've been lucky enough to cross 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 paths with uh never goes unnoticed and I like I know that it sounds like I'm reading and it's because I am because I wanted to make sure that I said this and I said it right um I'm really really grateful and I like thank you for loving me and supporting me and my whole life I felt um like I didn't belong anywhere um and I realized that that's my anxiety in the last year and like I belong wherever the fuck I am and like if I don't then that sucks because I'm just gonna continue to be me and like thank you all for allowing me to gain that confidence I will see you next time and don't forget to wash your face and drink water and my one last note is I can't believe the United States hates women more than they hate guns Have a good night.